It's still a relatively new year, and that means for a lot of us we're setting goals for the next year, maybe next half, not just for ourselves, but also for our products. And that's what we'll talk about. Objectives and key results are a topic that has been talked about a lot and I'm really excited about because I really believe that if they're done well, OKRs are a key tool for setting your team up for success. They can be incredibly powerful and I won't go into too much detail right now about just how OKRs work and what they are. I will um, provide a couple of references in the show notes um, if you're not familiar with them yet. In a nutshell, it's a framework to set goals for your product team. They consist of your objectives, which are goals for your product team written down in simple human language and which are supported by key results. Objectively measurable milestones you need to hit to make progress towards your objective. Now, while they're incredibly useful, there are many pitfalls to setting, maintaining and meeting OKRs. So I wanted to summarize a few lessons that I've learned while dealing with them in the past. Number one is stick to the order of things, the hierarchy in which you deal with certain elements of objectives and key results is really important. and One key point of that is before you're setting the objectives for your product, if you're operating a larger organization, make sure that the company or department has set um, the objectives and key results on the sort of next higher level. You need that in order to align your team and make sure that conversations don't go off road, but also just to simply make sure that your objectives are actually helping drive your company um, forward in the way that um, you and everybody else around you wants. Then next level down, you set your own objectives and then you look at your key results, not the other way around. I think a problem that can often arise is that teams or you know individual team members can come up with things that they think are important and they're excited about and then they try to sort of shoehorn that into some kind of objective heading that's not the point of the exercise it's very important that um, you get this order of things right and that the key elements uh, trickle down throughout your company throughout your department within your team and then to um, a person's individual tasks. If you don't work in a large organization and you don't have any sort of dependencies on higher levels like that, then um, make sure that you've done all the pre-work. So that means things like setting your product mission and align everyone on what you're fundamentally trying to achieve. The next point is 
one that is written about everywhere, but not a lot of teams really do, is that your OKR should be set by the team that is responsible for them themselves. It shouldn't be dictated downwards. That has a couple of reasons. Again, it's covered quite well. Uh, it often has to do with um, making sure that they are actually achievable, that they're realistic, but also just to give the team accountability and and a share responsibility. Um, and that goes a far way in making them excited and engaged in actually driving those objectives forward. Something that is superimposed from the top down is often running the risk of feeling like a burden rather than something exciting or aspirational to work towards. So make sure your team sets um, the OKRs themselves and um, specifically all the team leads for the various disciplines. So for example, that might be the design lead, the tech lead, um, product manager. On the point of cross-disciplinary ownership, um, another point is that owners don't have to own the key results that happen to mostly sit in, in their domain. So what I mean with that is, for example, if you're a software developer, then you can absolutely own a marketing objective if you're in a small team and you know that's most conducive. That's, um, that's totally fine. Just because you own a key result doesn't mean that you need to actually execute all the work. It just means that you're the one who's responsible and accountable for making sure that it's being progressed, um, that it stays on track, that you, know, you meet the relevant people, um, and that everything that needs to happen to drive this key result forward does actually happen. Just because you own a key result, you don't need to execute it. And so what's more important is that roughly the number of key results is divvied up by team members. So if you have, you know, if you end up with 12 key results and you have four members in the team, then everybody should uh, more or less be accountable to three. Um, and again, that's to uh, encourage that sense of shared ownership and to um, make sure that everybody feels equally responsible for the long-term success of the product. The next point is on kind of semantics. Uh, words are really important when setting OKRs. You're trying to keep them really simple and the more simple you're trying to make something, the more work has to go into actually making it simple. Especially when it comes to objectives, make sure they're as understandable as you possibly can. Objectives should be shareable across your whole company and everybody should be able to read them, understand them, make deductions as to how your objectives might relate to theirs. And that's why it's really important that if anyone without any further provided context reads your objectives, they need to be able to understand what this is about. 
Key results tend to be a little bit more technical and that's more relevant for the execution side within your team, but the objectives themselves, you need to try and keep them as simple as possible. You also wanna make sure that they are actually outcome focused and ideally about users. If you're tempted to set an objective like drive adoption of product X or whatever, um, ask yourself why you would wanna do that. Maybe a better objective might be something like improve your customer's ability to perform a key business operation. The last really important point is maintain your rituals. One thing that is really common is that various practices are being um, read about and then maybe adopted or tried out in product teams and they're just implementing a piece of software or a certain type of Kanban board or whatever it is and they think that it's actually about the asset um, but it's really not. It's equally about the rituals you build around them and making sure that you maintain all those things that you're creating in a way that it becomes part of your team's culture. So when you are getting started with OKR, so maybe you've kind of dropped them a little bit in the past, it was probably because of this that the rigor to actually go through with the rituals of sharing them publicly, soliciting feedback, reviewing them regularly, um, scoring them, all of those things that are part of the OKRs um, that they haven't been done properly. So maybe even before you finish your OKRs, set up those meetings, book those rooms, um, and make sure that um, those regular check-ins happen. All right, and this is it already for today. As I mentioned before, there is so much more to be learned about OKRs, but I hope you found this little summary useful. It's just a couple points that have come up in uh, my experience time and time again. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what you think, if this was useful, or if not, maybe I missed anything that's really important. Please let me know, reach out to me. You can reach me at Twitter at Thomas underscore Essel or via email at hello at thomasessel.com. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. I would really appreciate it. And thank you very much for listening. Till next time.